Now, the Lord, the reason God gives people uh, nations, revivals, is because you have to understand that Jesus loves you so much. And he wants you to have victory in everything. And if this revival lasts long enough, and you come long enough, I can teach you how to be well because I'm not sick. I can teach you how to be wealthy because I'm not poor. I can teach you how to have patience all the time because I'm not hyper. And faith only works in patience. The Bible says if you'll let patience have its perfect work in you, you'll wind up in your life wanting nothing because you'll have everything. People that does not have patience, they're always wanting something. Always wanting something. Patience causes faith to work. God does not answer nervous prayers. God is God and He never changes. He's steadfast and honest all the time. You need to have a settled peace in your spirit and be strong and steadfast. God says, be still and know that I'm God. Trust me, believe me, be still and watch the salvation of the Lord. That hasn't changed any. God hasn't, God never changes. God said, Moses, be strong, steadfast. Stretch your hand out over the sea and watch the salvation of God. And he stretched his hand out, and thou shalt see the salvation of the Lord God that made you. And here it come out of heaven. What? One of the winds. A whirlwind came down out of heaven. Started off where Moses at, started parting the sea. And just parted it and held it back. I tell you, God does mighty things through the winds of heaven. God has four winds in heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. And he has all kinds of things to use to bring blessing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And sometimes I know some of you, especially when you're dealing from the natural, it hurts your mind to have Bob stand up here and, and uh, talk about money and take up two offerings. And sometimes, well, and he's, he's easy. Sometimes I take up three or four. I learned that from Lester Summerall. <laughs> I used to have a squirrely mind just like some of y'all. <laughs> and in the third offering, my squirrely mind started working. 
Well, these people just want money. And then one time, Lester Summerall invited me to come to his church and speak. So I went there to hold a meeting years ago. If you're around Lester very long, he will get you delivered from anything. <laughs> so I'm sitting there on a Sunday morning in this church, because I've been speaking now that week, you know, and Lester gets up and takes up an offering on Sunday morning. And then after he takes up the offering, then we, about a few minutes later, he says, now we're going to take up the tithes and offerings for the church. <laughs> oh, sure, why not? <laughs> so he can take up the tithes and offerings for the church. And then a few minutes later, he says, now there's a woman here that has an orphanage over in the Philippines. And she takes care of headhunters' children. He said, <laughs> he said, God sent me one time up in the land of the headhunters, and I got the witch doctors saved. And they burned all their false gods and began to follow Jesus. And we began to get some of them saved, and the headhunters... Uh, when they have twins, they kill them all because they think it's a curse. And the Lord has called Sister Sornaro and her husband, and she was sitting there, this lady was sitting there, says, called them to take care of, uh, told them to, to start an orphanage at the bottom of the mountain and, and, and make a deal with the headhunter, headhunter tribes. And when they have twins, don't kill them, bring them at the end, at the edge of the woods, and give out a yell and let them know at the orphanage there's two little twin babies up there and then we'll come and get them and raise them and don't kill them. So they made that kind of a deal. God said, start an orphanage and make that deal with the tribes. So she started an orphanage, her and her husband, and made that deal with the tribes. And Lester said, she is here this morning in our midst and God will hold us responsible for helping her in her orphanage to take care of the little twins that she has they come out of the headhunter tribes. So we're going to take up an offering for her now. That was the third offering. <laughs> By that time, your denominational sick mind is going. <laughs> well, I see now, I'm not going to have any money and I leave this place. Here we go again. So they took her up an offering. That was three. And then Lester, you know, he was preaching like a house of fire in his sermon. And he got his sermon. He looked up and he says, Oh, I just saw a man walk in and sit down back there that's building churches up in Alaska. He said, I've been up there working with him. It's 40 below zero where he's at. He's building churches. He's come in sitting in our midst this morning. God will hold us responsible for blessing him. 
He said, get your pocketbooks out and let's bless that man from Alaska. We're going to take up another offering. He looked at the congregation, his people, he says, I said, get your pocketbooks out. If you don't hurry. He told his congregation, that big church, he says, uh, he said, get your pocketbooks out quick. When I say something, I mean for you to move. He said, I ain't got all, he said, I, I'm not going to fool with you all my life. He said, if you don't respond, if you don't respond and give to God and help that man, he says, I'll go back to the mission field and give you this church. I don't have time to fool with dead people. They come alive. <laughs> so that's the fourth offering. By the time we got through with that one, my whole Baptist mind was blown. <laughs> I got to the point then, I said, I got delivered. When you get delivered, you're, you're free. So I got to the point then, I said, well, why not? Take up another one, bless God forever. <laughs> So after you set through four offerings and get a talking to like that, you know, then you just, the rest of the service, you sit there with your hand on your money ready to pull it out. When, uh, you, mean, you mean there's no more offerings? <laughs> you get in the habit of doing something, you know. By the fourth offering, it, gets to, it starts feeling good to give to God. We've only had two tonight. Glory <laughs> God. I think the crippled people in Dallas ought to be healed, don't you? Amen. Well, you know that there's Baptists and Methodists Baptists and Methodists out there all over the country and all over this city of Dallas and Fort Worth and they don't have anybody to help them. Believe me, they don't have anybody to help them. They have nobody to help them. A little girl here, <laughs> I can imagine Bob watching this on the screen and said, what is he going to do? I don't even know myself. See, uh, uh, people's already saying, I can hear them saying, take up an offering, take up an offering. <laughs> Help this revival, take up an offering, help this revival, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, y'all really mean that? Yeah. Churches, do you want to help your pastor by radio time tomorrow for their church? And uh, for this church here, so he could advertise on the radio that people could come here and get healed. The Baptists and the Methodists and the Catholics and the Church of Christ. Remember that Church of Christ family came in here one night and I took that little girl's feet in my hands that was twisted and God gave her brand new feet and she walked around everywhere. They're full gospel pastors now. Yeah, they're full gospel pastors now. Full gospel pastors. And they were Church of Christ. The only reason he ever came here is because there was a fellow that worked with him from this church 
And, and the Lord says, give, him a, give that fellow, that Church of Christ fellow, a set of Norval Hayes' tapes. He said, oh, no. Uh-uh. Brother Hagin would, tapes would be nice because Brother Hagin's nice. I don't have enough. He said, Lord, I have to work with this man every day of my life. I don't have enough nerve to give him Norval Hayes' tapes. He's Church of Christ, and he's not ready for him, I tell you. He's not ready for him. And God said, I said, I said to give them to him. He says, no, I don't want to, Lord. I mean, I can't hardly take them myself, much less him. I mean, I play Norval's tapes, and I wonder if I'm saved or not. He says, him being Church of Christ, I know he's not ready for him. And God kept on dealing with him so strong that you know that he went and got a set of my tapes and gave them to his friend. He says, I don't have enough nerve to give these to the fellow I work with, and I want to give them to you. Would you please take them and give them to him? He don't know you. So, so he took the tapes and gave them to him. And he had this little girl that couldn't walk, and he kept listening to, these, to, to my tapes. And one day he told his wife, he said, you know, honey, that fellow on those tapes, he, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. You know, I believe if I could get him to pray for, the, for our daughter, that the Lord would heal her. He believes that Jesus heals people. Well, Church of Christ, they don't believe that Jesus heals people. They don't even believe in pianos, much less healing. <laughs> well, they don't. You need to have faith in pianos first and then start off kind of easy, you know, and just work up. You can't just blast the Church of Christ fellow with a miracle, new feet. You say, oh, sure. They've been taught that's been done away with. Pianos is not for the church. Miracles and healing has been done away with. It went out with the apostles. You ask them where, they say, I don't know. But actually they don't know because it's not in there. How could they know? Many churches and many people just believe things. And they don't know why they believe them. When they talk to me, they don't know why they believe them because I ask them, you got chapter and verse for that? They say, I don't believe in tongues. I believe that's of the devil. I said, you got chapter and verse for that? They say, well, no. But we're Bible believers. Oh, I said, you're Bible. Yes, we're Bible believers. I said, Sure. Well, you believe all the New Testament, don't you? Oh, yeah. I said, would you please read right here in Acts 2.4? They read Acts 2.4, and uh, now remember, you told me that you believed all the Bible. Now you have to believe it because it's the New Testament. Then they get mad because you showed it to them. <laughs> you talk about a, world, a nation that needs revival is this one. And a, a great revival is needed, a Holy Ghost revival is needed to deliver denominational people from squirrely minds. Yeah. Say one thing with your mouth and believe something else. Well, no, you're supposed to believe the New Testament, my brother. I don't care what's in there. I don't care if it tells you to stand on your head and speak in tongues before breakfast every morning. <laughs> if it's in there, do it. Believe it. 
You can't go around picking parts of the New Testament and say, well, I want to believe this, but I don't believe that. But anyway, after, after, after Summerall took four offerings, I got totally delivered. So I've been free from it ever since. It don't phase me at all to take up two offerings, three, not any, four. I could care less. Because I know, I didn't even know what he was talking. I said, now, dear God. And that was the days that Lester Summerall just came off of the mission field, been working, now listen closely, been working for a denom denomination, a full gospel denomination, if you please, ever since he was 17 years old. Been working for a, a full gospel, spirit-filled, uh, you know, some kind of spirit, uh, <laughs> denomination since he was 17 till he was 56 years old and he come off of the mission field and they wouldn't even give him his church back. So God said, well, start one yourself. So he started one himself when he was 56 years old, had three sons and a wife and no money and have to start all over again when he was 56 years old. And they told him he was too old to preach. I mean, to pastor a big church. You're too old to pastor a big church. Now just be nice, Lester, and just, and just be nice and pastor and a supply pastor and do a little evangelistic work and supply pastor, you know, when somebody calls you that you know, uh, you can preach like that. But Lester, you're 56 years old. You're too old to take on a great big church. And, and that even though you built this church, you built this church, uh, uh, you're, you're too old to pastor this church. He looks at him, he says, I sure am glad you're not God. and walked out. The only mistake he made, he should have walked out when he was 17. But since he worked for him, time he was 17 till he was 56 years old. 56 years old. A wife and three sons, and well, you're too old to pastor a church, had to pray. Prayed for two weeks in South Bend, Indiana. At the end of two weeks, uh, one, one night somebody knocked on Lester's door. He goes to the door and there was a few people standing there. They handed him a piece of paper. He looked at it and said, it said, these people want Lester Summerall to be their pastor. And I believe it was 60 some names signed on there. And the Holy Ghost said, take it and run. And he started. And today, I know him. I work with him by side by side. I know what the man's worth. His ministry in dollars and cents is worth more than James Robinson, Kenneth Copeland, and Kenneth Higgins all put together in a sack. He could buy all three of them double over again. Just a few years. Just the same town where he prayed two weeks, he's just now putting the finishing touches on a sanctuary 
a beautiful new sanctuary that seats 3,500 people. Brother, if you stay faithful to God, you might as well look out. And James Robinson, Kenneth Copeland, and Kenneth Hagin's ministry will keep on growing. They'll keep on growing. They'll keep on growing. They'll keep on growing. But Lester is just so ruthless. <laughs> and he just believes God for He'll tackle anything. I mean, midgets don't mean nothing to him. I mean, he'll just tackle it. I mean, Bob is basically the same way. I don't know if you know it or not, but do you know if this church here keeps on? I know it in my own spirit. Do you know if this church keeps on like it is right now, do you know it won't be very long till you will be the largest ministry in the world? You already got 600 and some Bible schools around the country. And it just keeps on and on and on. There's no stopping. I come here every year and teach. And every time I come here, you're about twice as big as you was before. New buildings going up and everything, you know. It's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe it. But God just does it. You understand that? God does it. And he'll do it for anybody. I mean, he'll just do it for anybody if you'll just go with him and trust him. Go with him and trust him and just keep on trusting him. Trust him, trust him, trust him. Because I know when I prayed myself through the attack the devil gave on my finances and gave on me personally, the Lord told me after I prayed for five years, the Lord told me, he says, told me through a prophecy through Kenneth Hagin. He said, son, I'm going to shine the light down upon your finances. And you'll never know in your life, you will never know any more days of want because you'll have everything. Some people says to me, Brother Norville, you should not, you should not tell people that you're a millionaire because they won't give to your ministry if you tell them you're a millionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I'm a multimillionaire. I have never, I have never drawn one salary check from my ministry. Never. And all of my accounts, the orphanage account, the Bible school account, the missionary account, They've all got thousands of dollars in them. When you start new ministries, then it takes a while. Uh, you, need, you need to learn this about faith. When you're believing God for finances, you have to give God time to work. Now, since I've started the ministry, and I bought the home, I started the ministry for unwed mothers. Give me about another year keep my faith working and it will have plenty of money in it but right now we're having to buy beds and things like that you know and 
and get it fixed up. And from that, I've got to go into another home for battered wives. God just puts me in ministers where I get no offerings. But the children's home, I've got about 1,600 sweet people around the country that stands behind me every month. Every month. When you send a check into my office for the children's home or anything else, it don't go in my pocket or nobody's pocket. It goes in that particular account. Every penny of it goes in there. And God just blesses me, that's all. He just blesses me. He blesses me. Blesses me in the morning, blesses me at noon, and blesses me at night time. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Blesses me. I don't have to draw a, a check, a salary every week for my ministry. Now, I know that Brother Copeland and Brother Hagin and people like that, they have to because they, they don't have any business and that's their, that's their live, livelihood. But I was already an executive in the business world when God called me. I know how to make money. I mean, if I was in the ministry, I could make millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars just like, it, it's so easy for me to do that. I, I have the knowledge to do it and it's so easy for me to do it. Just easy is everything. It's not easy for some people, you know. But it's easy for me. I don't know, just something in me that I can look at a thing and tell if it's going to be, if I invest my money, if it's going to be all right or not. And I check up on things. I don't, I don't just go out here and spend $100,000 just to be doing, or a quarter of a million just to be doing, or buy something over here just to be doing. I want to know, if I'm going to buy property, I want to know where it's at, what kind of property it is, if it be a good reselling property, or if it grows percentage-wise every year, if it increases every year, increases every year, increases every year. Just like my Bible school director, Jimmy's here with me. And I've been telling him and another, some other people, people that work for me. If I can talk them in. I said, you're a young man, Jimmy. You're only 30 years old. I said, buy a piece of property. Uh, let it pay for itself. And then next year, buy another one. And after about two years, then every year try to buy you two pieces of property that sits there and pays for himself. And I said, time you get 45 years old, you'll be a millionaire. You'll be over a millionaire by the time you get 40. But anybody can do it. You can do it. But you have to know what to buy. When to buy, how to buy. Anybody can become a millionaire in this country. So easy for you to do it. And if I stay here long enough, I, I can get that kind of a spirit in you. A spirit that's called success. I can get a health spirit in you. I can get your mind thinking health-wise. Because in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no disease. And if I can get a crippled person thinking health-wise and miracle-wise and know that God's power has a gift inside of the Holy Spirit called the gift of working the miracles. And it's all free and it's all for you. And the Holy Spirit will manifest himself to every man. It's the will of God for the Spirit of God to manifest himself to every man, to every man, manifest himself to every man. But it takes faith to get God to manifest himself. It takes bold faith to get God to manifest himself. It takes ruthless faith and patience to get God to manifest himself. If you ever start doubting one little speck, you just, God backs out of the whole show. And you don't, you're not going to get anything from God. I can tell you that right now. You might as well hang it up, honey. You'll be living in the natural next time I see you. Just punching a clock, doing the best you can. Trying to get healed and running around trying to find some evangelist that could heal you. 
Uh, they get a healing for you. Easiest thing you ever got in your life. The easiest way in the world for you to be healed and receive a miracle. First of all, begin to worship God. Second of all, second of all begin to give your money to God. Begin to give your money to God. Begin to give your money to God. Uh, sometimes I give money to other ministers myself and me in the ministry. Sometimes I open up my mail and I'll get a check from T.L. Osborne and says, uh, Brother Norval, me and Daisy believe in you and we love you so much and we want to give you a gift. It moves your heart when somebody in the ministry like that sends you a gift and tells you that they love you and they believe in your ministry and they want to give you a gift. It just moves you, that's all. To thank people that loves you that much to do it. But... I started my Bible school seven years ago, and I've never had any problems. I've never had any financial problems in Bible school. We've never, we've never had financial problems in, in the Bible school, and we never will have financial problems in the Bible school. And I, I, I remember, I, know, I, I thought tonight, now I've got, I, I, I made a pledge, and, I, and I, I, need, I need to send Brother Hagin a check for his Bible school. And I'm sitting up here tonight, and here's some kids over here from Raymond. You have class in the morning? Brother Hagin teaches the 11 o'clock class. Come here and take this to him. I can save us down. <laughs> I got a check for $4,000. Been out to Rama. Take it and give it to Brother Hagin in the morning of the class and have the class to pray for this revival again. Yes, sir. And I have perhaps to be praying during prayer school also. Okay. Thank you, sir. Bless you. I believe in you. As long as I do that, I didn't ever dream about a thing like that until I sat up here tonight doing it. But uh, you want to be taught the truth or you just want to play games with God the rest of your life? As long as I do that, I put my money in places where I believe it. Uh, there is not one country in the world, can you imagine this, not even one country in the world, anywhere in the world, there's no country in the world that, that does not have rhyme of students in that country starting churches and working for God. No country in the world. Well, can you imagine what's going to happen in Word of Faith satellite Bible schools where you've got 650, 700 Bible schools? Can you imagine the soul is going to be one, bless God forever, from 750? That's one Bible school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got one Bible school in Cleveland, Tennessee. However, we do have a Bible school in India. But can you imagine, can you mind imagine what God is going to do with 750 Bible schools from this church, from the Word of Faith church? Now, listen to me closely, and uh, then we'll obey God. Uh, turn with me, please, to the book of Malachi, chapter 3. The book of Malachi, chapter 3. And you can see plainly why that God don't give you, does not give you victory. God has victory in all things.
But some of you sitting out there, and many of you in churches around North America, you don't have victory, and you know you don't have victory. You don't have victory in your churches. You don't have victory in your little school. You don't have victory in nothing. You, you, you don't have victory. And you wonder and wonder. And you have to put your faith to work all the time. I wonder. Well, if you'll obey God, the blessing of heaven will fall on you. The blessing of God will fall on you. Literally fall on you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the book of Malachi, chapter 3, <clears throat> follow me closely. I want you to understand this about God. This is not my revival. This is not Bob's revival. This is God's revival. And I told Bob that once. I said, you know, <laughs> there's something strange, good strange happening to me. I'm not even tired. Amen. Billy Graham, when he preaches a revival for a week, you know, he, he, he takes off a month to rest. Well, that's fine, but I'm not even tired. When you get the will of God, I'm, there's just something about it. God just gives you rest, that's all. I wake up every morning and my mind is so peaceable, it's like I'm at home. I'm not supposed to be at home in a motel room, but it's like I'm at home. Blessed be God forever. But notice verse 6. The Bible says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Glory to God. Change not. I am God and I change not. He's still your healer. He's still your miracle worker. And he's a miracle worker in your finances also. You need to know that. Thank God Brother Ken Copeland started getting miracles in his finances here a while back and he's going to finish his office building. The devil's trying to keep him bogged down four or five years to get that office building. I'm so, I'm so glad that the devil didn't win. Ken's going to finish his office building. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I hope he builds a sanctuary to seat 5,000 people in Fort Worth. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances. Look up here at me, church. Look at me all over the country. Look up here at me, church. The only reason that you're not successful in every area of your life is because you personally have left the ordinances of God. Do you understand that? You've left them. And when you leave them, there's a great guff fix between you and God, and success is not for you. And it's not coming either. You're going to have to change to get it to come. You will never be successful financially unless you're freely to help spread the gospel. It is an absolute pleasure for me to give that Raymond student $4,000 check to take to Brother Hagin to train young people just like him. That's a pleasure for me to do that. A pleasure, a pleasure. You understand that? It ought to be a pleasure for you to give to this church and keep up. That's one Bible school. 700 and some Bible schools around the country. Dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if God don't lift his blessing from this work, it will be the largest work in, in, in America. I'm telling you it will be. You just might as well look out. You just might as well look out because I know it will be. Because you can't, you can't stop God, if people say, especially if you have a leader, just go forth. Just go forth and go forth. Uh, my brother and sister, stay behind Bob. Don't, don't fight him. And don't say, oh, well, uh, they talk about money too much. I, I'm going to go over to another church. Uh, you know, I'd rather steal something to do that. That's like a curse coming up on you. You'll never get blessed with nothing. And you'll probably wind up coming back to this church anyway after two or three miserable years someplace else. <laughs> I've told you for two weeks and I'll tell you for another week and maybe even longer, I don't know. There's only been one kind of life prepared by you by God, prepared for you by God through Christ Jesus and it's called in every area of your life, it's called the abundant life. There is no other life that comes to you from God. Amen. That sick, half poverty, wonder where your rents come in life that you're, some of you are living, that's not from God. Amen. But Brother Norville, I love the Lord. <laughs> well, honey, if you can't love the Lord, you are sick. The Lord is the easiest person to love I ever met. It's no big deal for you to love the Lord. I mean, if you can't love Him, you are miserable. I mean, you don't have sense enough to get in out of the rain if you can't love the Lord. Loving the Lord and accepting what He's offered you as free gifts is two different worlds. There are thousands of church members that basically in their own sick version, they love the name Jesus and they love the person Jesus that died for them, but I don't want to get involved with the gospel. I mean, I'm not going to pass out no tracts. I'm not going to the hospital and pray for nobody. I'm too busy. I'm not going two by two like the book of Acts from house to house. And I'm not going to bring anybody to church. I haven't brought anybody to church in six months, and I'm not going to bring anybody in the next six months. I know it, you miserable thing, you. <laughs> and you know what will happen to you? Next time I see you, you'll be wondering. Wondering what? You'll be wondering why things don't work for you like they should. You'll be wondering why your bank account don't grow. You'll be wondering why that when you get up in the morning, Life is not full of power and full of excitement and full of expectancy. You'll be wondering why you have to hold on. Uh, uh, go to the bathroom and get me a, honey, get me a cup of Maxwell House real quick. Uh, so I can wake up. Uh, oh, you miserable, wretched human being. When you open up your eyes, why don't you just pull the cover back about a foot and hold your hands up and begin to worship God. Say, God, I worship you. I'm not down on Maxwell House, but shake yourself. 
Shake yourself. You've been made to worship God, my brother and sister. You haven't been made to wake up on Maxwell House. I've got to have something to wake up to get power in me, to get joy in me. No, you don't have to have nothing except God. No, you don't have to have nothing. God says, you've left my ordinances and have not and have not kept them, God says. You have not kept them. God says, return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, what do you mean return? I belong to the Word of Faith Church. But you where shall I return? Wherein shall we return? Verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings, you flaco. <laughs> what do you mean, where? <laughs> you ought to know where. You're better off, you're better off, because you know where it's at. You're better off just come to the altar and repent. Just come to the altar and just come, come to the altar and say, God, I'm a stingy flake. And you're not going to ever bless me. And I'm just going to start blessing you and your work, and I'm going to bless the gospel. Blessed be God forever. I'm going to help you spread the gospel and just start shoving. There's two things you can't give away to God, and that's yourself, your life, and your money. You can't give away the, your life and your money. The more of your life you give away to God, the more the life of God comes in you. And, and, and if you'll help people, you'll get to feeling like me. Well, how's that? Oh, glory to God. What do you mean, how is that? What do you mean, how is that? You say, but Brother Marvel, I don't want to be that wild. Yes, you do. You just don't know it yet. When my, when, when my Baptist friends tell me, Brother Normal, Mr. Hayes, I don't want to speak in tongues. I say, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You just don't have sense enough to know it yet. Then you keep on working with them, get them baptized in the Holy Ghost. They look at you, you know, like, like, and say, dumb, real dumb, like I say, why didn't somebody tell me this before? I feel so good I can't understand it. What am I going to do, Mr. Hayes? I, I'm over here on the floor and I can't stop talking in tongues. I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. Why'd you argue with me for five years for you, little flaco? Oh, I wish I'd have known this before. I wish I'd have known this before. Oh, it's amazing how the blessings of God fall on you and you wish you had it before. Well, it's all for you and it's all free for you with tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings, but I don't give no tithes and offerings to God to help him spread the gospel. Verse 9 is just for you. You are cursed with a curse. Because you're flaking, you've robbed me. Even this whole nation. Verse 10, the Bible says, God says to you, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me, and prove me, 
Now, I, I don't know why God wanted me to do it, but maybe that's why the Lord wanted me to give him $4,000 for Brother Hagin's ministry in front of you. You say, well, will God bless you for that? I don't know how, but are you kidding me? <laughs> when I get home, I'm, I'll probably have a check made out to my Bible school for 20000 It wouldn't surprise me at all. The first Baptist man wrote me here a while back and said, the Lord told me to send you $10,000 for your Bible school. I'm first Baptist from Oklahoma City. And the Lord told me to send you $10,000 for your Bible school. I said, I believe it. Thank God for the first Baptist. <laughs> and prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer. What? 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 Brother Novel, would, would, you, would you please cast the devil out of me? Well, tithe for three or four days. I might not need to. Money, 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 Makes me nervous. It makes me nervous. Yeah, but if you give big all the time, you'll get over that nervousness. And you'll be free. You'll be totally free. God says, if you will give me your substance, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the fields that the Lord of hosts and all nations shall call you blessed glory to God for you shall be a delightsome land saith the Lord of hosts I'm telling you you will be a blessing and oh delighted in the eyes of God blessed be the name of Jesus forever blessed be the name of the Lord but you have to become I would, you have to become, there's two things you need to become, my brother and sister. Now, I've hammered this to you. You need to be a soul winner for Jesus. Soul winner. I'm going to keep holding this book up in front of you until you bring a sinner to the church. Soul winner. You can be a soul winner. You can be a soul winner. You can be a soul winner. Well, you say, I'm not a soul winner. I command you by this book and read it. Read it over and over and over again. You can be a soul winner. And how to be a servant of the Lord. A small tape series. How to be a servant of the Lord. So I've had people to tell me, well, bless God, I'm not a servant of the Lord. I am a king in Christ Jesus. I'm not no lowly servant. I say, well, you miserable flaky thing, you. You can't ever be, you can't. A servant, the word servant means to serve. You can never become a king in Christ Jesus until you become a servant first. You have to serve. When you become a servant of God and serve Him and obey Him and let the Spirit of God tell you what to do, I'm telling you that the royal blood begins to flow through your veins. And that's when, that's when God, I've had God, one time I had God to send me to a place, son, I want you to go pass out tracts for a week. I went and passed out tracts for a week. No offerings, I passed out tracts. On the way home, he blessed me with a quarter of a million dollars. You 
say, I wish the Lord would bless me with a quarter of a million dollars. Well, have you passed out tracks for a week yet? No, I'm going to stay home and watch TV and get blessed. No, oh no, you're not going to get blessed at home watching TV. It's hard to watch TV, especially if Tennessee's playing football. <laughs> or Texas, or wherever you're from. But you can't just spend your life watching TV and never do anything for God. You have to work for God, my brother and sister. You have to become a servant of the Lord. But first of all, I must emphasize on you, you need to be a giver to help Jesus spread the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Got some special prayers you need to pray for. Better keep that out. The gospel. All right. Now, I am telling you, if you'll love your city and show God you love your city, and don't just love full gospel people. Love people that's sick and beaten down and confused and have a broken heart.